Welcome back to Unpack My Bags. I'm glad you decided to come to the flip side. Because <laughs> now we're talking some fun stuff. <laughs> so were we not talking fun stuff before? Full disclosure, Katie wrote that for me to say. <laughs> That's why it sounds so silly. <laughs> That's also why I'm laughing. Um, okay, dating while traveling. I'm using this term very, very loosely because this could mean a Tinder or a hostel hookup, or it could mean meeting the love of your life abroad. Um, so Lauren is one of the hosts of Somebody Date Us, which is a hilarious but also insightful podcast about the dating adventures of her and her two friends, Carly and Asal. So obviously I had to ask Lauren about some of her dating escapades abroad. You must have at least one. Okay, so, I mean, I don't have many with, like, exotic men, unfortunately, (laughs) but when I was in college, I used to work in Spain in, like, between the summer, like, in the summers, Mm -hmm. um, as, like, a camp counselor, and so they'd send, like, all these, like, Canadian counselors to these camps in, like, literally the middle of nowhere, Spain, um you had limited options of like who you could hook up with in the summer but I was like notoriously always that person that like found one of the camp counselors to like date or have a affair with (laughs) affair (laughs) affair a Spanish affair with but like I do feel like traveling brings out like the best side of me so like I I always say like I'm not a person that like loves public affection unless I'm like on a beach in Spain and like everyone else is just like making out and you're just like in in the moment so I like out of the three summers I did this I think there was only one summer that I didn't find a Canadian to be with but like the first summer I met this guy at camp and we just like had this like Spanish romance and we just like I feel like when I, we had so much time off, like we, we barely really worked. And when we were working with kids, we'd just be like, go play and like sit back and make sure they didn't like kill each other. <laughs> and so I just remember like we, like the how how it started was we all went out to like, I mean, they called their clubs like discos there. So we like went out to like a disco one night and we just like, I don't know even remember how, but we started dancing and like made out on the dance floor. Like remember when people used to like grind at bars? Like I don't remember the last time I did that, but I was doing it that night. Whoa. And after that, we were just like in love for like a brief month. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually like if you've listened to our podcast, I tell a story about like in one of the episodes, tell a story about this like really awkward time I've slept with someone and it was like, in Spain, under the stars, and in theory should have been romantic, but it was so awkward. It was like only like the third time I'd ever slept with someone, and I was like, I don't know what is happening, and it was like so bad. We just like never did it again, and we just like only <laughs> made out for the rest of the summer. <laughs> and like, and then I got back, and for some reason thought like this relationship was gonna work out, but like, it didn't. Like camp life was very different than real life. <laughs> and I'm glad it probably was a good thing because we probably would have like never had sex again. <laughs> <laughs> but then like the so then the second summer there was only like six of us we were like this very remote camp and so I managed to find this like the one cute guy in like the whole village which was like population 30 <laughs> the village and like this like festival that was happening and he spoke like three words of English and I spoke three words of Spanish and somehow we fell madly in love for like one night and we made out and then he stalked me for the rest of the summer. Like, no lie, like, he would, he obviously knew where we were, because it was, like, six Canadians in this village. And, like, he would drive by the camp and, like, would, like, 
be in this ski resort that we were at the camp and would just like drive by with the windows down and like look at me. <gasps> and, like I'm sh- it was harmless, I'm sure, but since there was a language barrier, it made it extra creepy. That's so creepy. And, like one night my boss like knocked at my door and he's like <laughs> he's like, Lauren, that like I don't even remember what his name was. It's outside and he's climbing the trees and looking in the camper's windows, like what? looking for you and calling your name. And I was like, uh, what would you like me to do about this? Like, I don't want to go outside. Like, you're a man. Can you go take care of this? Like, obviously I'm not sneaking out. I was like in my glasses and like my retainer and like, it's like <laughs> not ready to like go meet my Spanish fling. Um, yeah, and at the time it was like the early stages of having a having. A, I love how you're still like, calling him a fling. He's like actively stalking you. <laughs> I made out with him once, and like I, this was like before I like actually took my travel blog seriously. It was like before travel blogging was really a thing. I yeah. had a travel blog, but it was like today I like ate at a restaurant, and like and no details, and it was like for my parents to read. And I remember writing about my Spanish stalker. I, I wonder if I can still find it in like the archives. And my mom was, like, sending me emails and was like, like what? Are you okay? Like, what's happening over there? <laughs> Don't worry, like, mom. You're nonchalant. <laughs> yeah, you're on, like, dial-up internet being like, no, no worries. <laughs> like, uh but, like, those Spanish summers, I don't know. And then the third summer, I also met, like, a guy that, and, like, we dated for a while when we got back. Less, like, exotic of a story, but... Um, yeah, I don't know what it was about Spain. Like, I haven't been back, but, like, maybe I should. Maybe that's where my lover's waiting for maybe. me. <laughs> I mean, we were talking about this before we were recording about how, like, especially when we were around that early, like, late teens, early 20s age, Europe was, like, the stomping ground of, like, mm-hmm. people who were just finished school. Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, gap year heaven, and people would just go and... Okay, I'll tell you my experience. Okay. I'm on the flip side. I worked in a hostel in Venice, Italy. It was very often a party hostel, and I witnessed things no one <laughs> like ever wants to witness. Like couples. Okay, this is probably the worst one. One night, we all went out, like everyone in the hostel. We come back, and my coworker who works in the hostel... I go and I open up a closet and he's sleeping, like having sex with this woman who has a boyfriend who's sleeping in the dorm that they're just outside of. And like, I open the closet and I'm like, oh, and close it and like trying to process what I heard. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Did did her boyfriend hear me? Did he hear me? Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, like, I don't want to be stuck in this. So I just ran away and like hid in my room. And then the next day we're all eating breakfast at the same table, me, my coworker, this woman, and her boyfriend, who I guess doesn't know that she slept with my coworker who's sitting next to me. And I was like just sitting there, like trying not to look yeah. like I was freaking it's out so and guilty. waiting for it to like bubble over. And to this day, I don't know. I don't know if the boyfriend ever found out. I don't know if yeah, they Yeah, like, like whatever happened to them. Are I they married? No idea. No idea. See if that happened now. You could totally just be like, okay, I have their name in our system. I'm going to search them. Yeah. <laughs> like keep tabs on their Instagram and see if they're still together. I know, right? I could creep and find out. There was also like this couple that they weren't a couple. They like met in the hostel drunk and they went and had sex like in a boat out on the canal right next to the hostel. And people were like calling the hostel being like, there's people having sex right outside. <laughs> 
be hostile in a boat. And the boat owners, like, calling us. Like, it was a mess. Well, that's the thing is, like, when you're staying in hostels, you kind of have to get creative with, like, where you're going to hook up. Mind you, like, I have never experienced this where, like, you're in a dorm room and people are hooking up in, like, one of the bunk beds. But I know people that have experienced that. Like, mm. that's, like, my worst nightmare. Yes. Like, I, if I plan on hooking up with someone and I'm staying in a hostel, like, we're not coming back to our bunk bed and hooking up. Like, no. it's going to be somewhere random. Like, yeah. a boat or a yeah. closet or an alleyway. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just funny in the context of Venice because, like, after midnight in Venice, the streets are empty. Mm-hmm. So, like, you, everyone's going to know. Yeah. Like, it's so quiet. There's no cars. It's only, like, foot traffic. Like, it wasn't a very, like, conspicuous place <laughs> as far as Venice goes at all but the thing with travel is i feel like it brings out like this wild side of people like people are just like you know when in rome like i would never do this back home like can you imagine like meeting someone and being like let's go like hook up in the alleyway like i would never do that Mm -hmm. but in when you're traveling you're like oh look at this beach or this boat or like who cares like we don't know anyone like it'll make a good story But it's funny because this is like part of traveling culture that people hate on a lot, which is warranted, is that like people go and they think that they don't need to like have any sort of not standard, but like be respectful to other people while they're traveling. It's just like no one cares. Yeah. And I know that like when I was in Europe, backpackers got so much hate for that because we were all generalized to be like that. And, like, it's kind of warranted. In my experiences working in the hostel, I was like, yeah, this is absurd behavior. Like, mm-hmm. none of these Canadians I'm meeting here would behave like this at home. Yeah. It's just, like, they don't care because they're in another country and there's no one to, like, police them yeah. for it. And they'll leave, like, the next day and, like, you'll never see the person again and yeah. see you later kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> um, I have a little anecdote about the one time... I went on a date with someone in the Netherlands. This was before my partner and I were together. I was living in the Netherlands and I met this Dutch guy in a bar. He was nice and he was like, and Dutch guys are like very polite. So he was like, would you like to come out for dinner with me? And I was like, sure. And I was like still really young and had never been on like a proper date Mm -hmm. before. Like no one had ever asked me to go on a date with them. So I was like so excited, go on this date with him. I all I knew were like stereotypes from North America. So I was like, oh, he's gonna pay the bill. Mm-hmm. Cause like that's what I've been taught. Yeah. And then <laughs> so you know the phrase going Dutch. Well, no, but you commented on one of our like podcast things about splitting the bill. And I yeah. I had no idea what this was. And everyone was like, Are you do you live under a rock? I'm like, I don't <laughs> I've never heard of this before. Yeah. So the phrase is like based on Dutch people. It's a stereotype that Dutch people will never pay like your bill. Mm-hmm. So if you like go out for dinner with a Dutch person, the bill is always split, you pay for yourself. Um and I knew this stereotype and this phrase, but I, like, didn't think it was real yeah. until dinner finished. The date, like, wasn't good. I was like, I'm mm-hmm. never going to see this guy again, but at least he's going to pay my bill. And then he, like, goes and asks for separate bills. And I was like, it's true. Like, they really so do what go if, Dutch. Like, you're Dutch and you're married. Do you still do the same thing? Even though you, like, have joint expenses? All your kids have to pay for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Like, how far does this go? Like, I don't, I don't know. I should ask, like, some of my married Dutch friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lucas and I, like, we're basically married. Like, we live together. We share expenses. But if we go out for a meal, we pay separately. Yeah. Is that weird? No. 
I don't know. I no, like I don't think it is. That. Like, I feel like it's either that once it gets when a relationship gets to a certain point, or it's like um, I'll pay this time, you pay that time, I'll pay this time. Like, you know, you're you're taking turns, and right. it's like, oh, you paid for this, like I'll pay for that. You know, like yeah. so it evens out. We do that sometimes, but like for the most part, we're just like pay for ourselves. Yeah, I feel like it would only ever change if one of us wasn't working. Mm-hmm. So if like one of us was supporting us, then it would be different. But for the most part, we just pay for everything, like, down the middle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I've totally gone on dating apps when I'm traveling and, like, just to see what's there. But I've never actually... I feel like usually I'm on, like, such, like, an itinerary and, like, doing my own thing. And I'm, like, I'm not going to, like, arrange a date with this person. Like... Yeah. I'm not really, like, that desperate to meet someone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I should be. I don't know. But... When I went to Colombia recently, my my girlfriend I was traveling with went on Bumble because she was curious. Most of the people were, like, people not from Colombia. They were, like, other tourists like us. Um, but she did match with this one guy. And by the time, like, since you're just, like, not really on your phone, you're not on Wi-Fi and stuff, like, by the time he had messaged her, I was like, we should meet up. We were already in, like, a diff. we were on, like, an island in, like, the middle of nowhere. And he was, she was like, oh, like, I'm not in, like, Cartagena anymore, like, um, we're, we're in San Andreas now. And he's like, oh, like, he's like, I'll fly there tomorrow. Like, there's a flight at this time to come see you. And like, both of us kind of like hesitated. We're like, that would make a really funny story. I'm like, and our hotel room like did have like a kid's bed. Like it had like a single bed. <laughs> I like, but I was also like, what if this guy's like a serial killer? Like we have no, like we're on like a small island. Like there's like nowhere to like put him. Like we can't like, like I don't even know where he would stay. Like he would have to stay with us. Yeah. Like um but so obviously it like never went but we like we we hesitated we're like i mean that could make a good story wait so you didn't do it no okay i was gonna say like can you imagine like i mean i'm sure people would for sure i've heard wild stories about people who will like go on dates while they're in foreign countries and like just hook up or like hook up for a place to stay Mm -hmm. is something i've heard about yeah i don't think i could ever do it yeah like I said, I'm like never like I'm very when I am traveling alone, I'm very happy being alone traveling. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even really care if I make friends because I'm like very content doing my own thing. Yeah. So I can't imagine being like maybe I should do it on my next solo trip though. Depending Have- on depending on where it is, because if it's somewhere like too crazy, like I don't think I want to meet anyone on dating apps. But have you ever met someone while traveling, like, in a hostel and really liked them and been like, what if this is my person? Um, no. <gasps> I feel like, I mean, I've definitely met, like, cute guys and, like, guys that I'm like, yeah, like, maybe if we met in, like, regular setting where we could. But usually I feel like for me, they they live, like, I'm a very practical person. Yeah. And especially now that I'm older. Like, when I was younger, it was, like, my fantasy. Like, oh, I'm going to marry, like, a Spanish man. But then, like, when I got older, I was like, how would I make that work? Like, yeah. Like I long distance can work work for people. And, like, it could have worked for me when I was, like, 19. But now I'm like, hey, I, I don't really want to be, like, 30 and in a relationship with someone across the ocean. Like, Yeah. But... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should be more open to it though, because I'm still single. So I'm not by, I'm not having any luck with Canadian men. Like, I, should, I need to like book a trip to Europe and just like start swiping. It's, it's interesting you say that because like my partner and I met in a hostel, and I think the only reason it worked was because we're both Canadian. Yeah. So there was actually that thread of like practicality to mm-hmm. it that kind of like was the glue. 
even though we lived in separate cities for years, we always like would talk and like we had a relationship going. We didn't call it a long distance relationship, really. But yeah. like there was that ongoing thread of like knowing it could work. Mm-hmm. If like how the stars like how far aligned. did he live? He lived in Windsor. Okay. And at the time, I lived in Montreal, which is pretty far. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is far. But like Toronto's in the middle. Mm-hmm. And now we're both here, so it worked out. Yeah. Because we wanted it to. But like, if he had been from like Brazil, <laughs> I don't know if that would have worked. I know. I mean, like, you hear stories about working. Like, I know people that are married to people that are, they met in Spain and they were Canadian or yeah. Korea or whatever. But um, yeah, I don't know if like my life now would work out if I met someone in like. Yeah. We met when we were 19. Yeah. So we were still in that headspace where we were like willing to go out on a limb mm-hmm. for things like that. Because mm-hmm. you're right. If we met now, like I don't know if I'd be as willing. Yeah. Like I could totally do like within my province. Yeah. But if it was like, <laughs> hey, I, like, are you going to move to Toronto? Like, yeah. or am I going to move to Brazil? Yeah. Like I'm going to always be, well, like I can't get a job in Brazil. So <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what I would do there. So unless you're a millionaire in Brazil yeah. listening to this podcast and you want to marry me. <laughs> um, I was chatting with a friend of mine who's going on birthright and she was telling mm. me that there's this like ongoing joke that um, people who go on birthright meet an Israeli soldier and she's mm. like heard of like people who end up living in Israel because they marry their Israeli soldier. Have uh, you heard Okay, I have not heard that, but I have heard of people like meeting other people on the birthright trip that they are end also up Canadian. yeah okay yeah ah. and then like it's worked out that way i know it sounds like birthright is a really good matchmaker like, i know well i I'm also hearing. think it has to do with like if you are someone who is like obviously there's people that go on it that like aren't really religious and go on it for the free trip but there is a lot of people that are like i would ideally like to marry someone who is jewish yeah and totally. like I mean, you can go on J-Swipe or whatever the app is called for Jewish people. But oh, I didn't know that existed. I feel like it's it's easier to meet people in person always if you're, yeah. like, in that situation. You're with, like, a bunch of young people that are obviously Jewish. Yeah. So Yeah. Okay, so I am a big fan of The Bachelor. And yeah. I was reading this paper that was, like, part of the equation about why, like, for why people fall so deeply air quotes in love on the bachelor is because a lot of the show is travel Mm -hmm. so they're traveling to different locations and when you fall in love while traveling it's much more like sensational because you're experiencing new things together and that promotes bonding Mm -hmm. and i thought that was so interesting i i agree with that like and i because even that third summer that i was in spain and i said i had like a boyfriend that i dated for a while after like I remember feeling like I was like so in love. And it was like like sped up so quickly. Yeah. Because we were in Spain and we basically like lived together at this camp and like and then you come home and you're back to reality and you're like, oh we don't even live in the same city and all of a sudden like real life comes into play and it's like I'm a college student, you're like a full-time professional. Like it's just there's like all yeah. these other stuff that comes in, but you're traveling and you're not even thinking about anything else other than like experiencing where you are and it takes brings out like a whole different side of you and probably the best side of you because who's not great on vacation yeah so i can see that and also that they like put you in a house and you're not allowed on your phone or like 
to read anything or like a newspaper they probably go like a little bit crazy all you can do is like think about the bachelor (laughs) literally all you can do i envision there's just like pictures on the wall like it's like (laughs) subliminal messaging i'm like make you fall in love with this guy So I think it'd be really funny if some of our listeners shared with us some of their travel stories, travel yeah. love stories. So guys, please write us or call in. You can call in through the Facebook page um, or tell us on Instagram about how you fell in love or didn't fall in love or how you, I don't know, had sex with someone while traveling. In a broom closet or on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> Other I'm finding places. <laughs> I need to know how that story ended. <laughs> Um, thanks so much, Lauren, for coming on the podcast today. Thank you. Do you want to plug your projects again? Oh gosh, I have so many. (laughs) Okay, well, you can find Somebody Date Us at Somebody Date Us, basically anywhere. Yep. You can find my travel blog at Twirl the Globe, Twirl the Globe, anywhere. I picked names that were easy to find, purposely. (laughs) And uh, yeah, that's me. Come follow me. Thanks, Katie, for making us sound profesh. And shout out to Motion Array for the cool little music bits you're hearing. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at at alpacamybagspod or on our website, alpacamybags.ca. And if you like what you're hearing, let us know by reviewing the podcast. Um, You can also let us know if you don't like it. That's cool, too. Um, And remember to subscribe while you're at it. So every subscription and review helps us to continue and make the show better and seriously helps boost the podcast on the charts. Um, And remember to tune in every other Wednesday for more episodes. I hope you all get to unpack your bags soon. Until next time. Bye.